It's time for Mind Your Business, a podcast brought to you by the Athens-Limestone County Chamber of Commerce and Athens-Limestone County Public Library. From startup to multi-generational, each episode features local business owners, their store, and their stories. Join us for a look behind the storefront and learn what it means to be part of the small business community in Athens and Limestone County, Alabama. Hello, everyone. This is Pammy Jamar, your Chamber of Commerce president at the Athens Limestone County Chamber of Commerce in the amazing Athens, Alabama. Today, we are kicking off our first ever podcast. Yeah, you heard it. First ever podcast. And we are super excited about it. I want to tell you a little bit about the podcast and how we came up with it, especially the name. Let me back it up. We came up with maybe about five great names. At least we thought they were pretty cool. And then we opened it up for the public to vote on those five. And we came up with a winner. And the name of the podcast is, drumroll, Mind Your Business. Yes, I said it, Mind Your Business. So what we'll be doing is talking with small business owners, um, organizations in Athens Limestone County, getting to really hear a lot about how they got started, um, just the amazing stories that you may not know about that business. Um, We'll be giving information, culture, ideas, and expert advice. And it's just going to be great to just really spotlight a lot of our um, small businesses in our community because A lot of individuals like me, I'm not from the area, and so I'm steadily learning about the um, businesses and and really the backstories. The backstories are always the cool stories about how a small business owner got started or what was that motivating fact that got them going. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about um, during our podcast, and we really, really, really want to just send a shout out to and say thank you to the Athens Limestone County Public Library for really hosting us, and we really appreciate it. We look forward to this partnership, and enough about me and enough about this. Let's get this podcast started. So joining me today, you all get ready, is the Matthew Jimmerson. It's kind of like I need some music or something. (laughs) He is so amazing. Um, Matthew is owner of Athens Florists and Gifts in town in Athens, downtown Athens, Alabama. And Matthew also serves as the vice chair of small business at the Athens Limestone County Chamber of Commerce. So Matthew and I, we're going to kind of let's take a deep dive and let's find out who the Matthew Jimerson is and all about Athens Florist. So are you ready, Matthew? I'm ready. So Matthew, tell us a little bit about what was that first spark that got you interested in owning a florist? Like, was that your dream job or was that you were creative and you just didn't know what to do with that creative brain of yours? Yeah, it's kind of multifaceted. There's a lot of uh, moving parts. I feel like my whole life has a lot of moving of parts. Of course. <laughs> Get ready, y'all. Here we go. Go but, ahead, Matthew. But I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. 
I grew up with uh, two parents that were both entrepreneurs, anything from small business to large corporations. Um, and that was not what their background was in. Both of their backgrounds were in engineering. So I saw that aspect of their careers, the nine to five, and the, the cool things that they got to do with their engineering degrees and with their, their careers. But then seeing what they were able to do as entrepreneurs was way more interesting to me. And it could have had to do with I felt like I got to be a part of it because, I, you know, when my father owned a large corporation, I was able to travel with him and, and go to these sites and, and be a part of that. And when my mother had a small business, a tanning salon, I was able to go over there and see part of that. So getting to be a part of that really, I mean, that is what makes small business special, you know, and that's the, the family behind it. Um, so that my mind has always been interested in being a small business owner, and I you know, didn't exactly know how that would fall. I definitely didn't think that would happen at age 19, you know. Wait a minute. Let's back it up, Matthew. Did you say age 19? Yes. You became a small business owner? I did. I did. Okay. You got to be pulling my leg, Matthew. I might have actually been 18 when I bought the shop. 18, Matthew? 18? I was still I think I turned 19 the month after I bought the shop. Wow. I I was 18 when I bought the shop. So you knew... Actually, being able to see your mom in her professional career and run a small business and dad run a large corporation... I mean, you really didn't have any choice, did you, Matthew? Well, I mean... mean, Were you going to be like a rocket science or engineer or... I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, business was, you know, my area of focus. Mm -hmm. And um, I've always been creative, too. So that was... It was kind of like... How do these two things go together? Right. Because I've always been creative. I've always dabbled in a little bit of this. I used to paint. And you know, the, the creative side of me really was where I found the passion, mm-hmm. whether it was music or you know crafts, art, floral, whatever. Um, so when I was 13, like I said, my mother owned a, a, a tanning salon. It was in Florence, Alabama. And they had uh, First Fridays, which was put on by their main street and chamber. And you could rent a booth space on um, Court Street in Florence. And so my mother would rent me space and we'd set up a tent and I would make silk flower arrangements or uh, silk grapevine wreaths. I used to sew scarves. I mean, we did it all. I painted. I So all of the little things that I had made, I made jewelry, all the little things that I had made and worked on, I would curate and then I would go, you know, I think their season ran from... April to September or something like that. So for those months, I would go and set up the first Friday of every month um, in downtown Florence. And so that was really what started that like... At 13, Matthew? Mm-hmm. I started at 13. Um, when I got, you know, 16, 17, I, I kind of backed off from that just because school and, and working with her, I mean, I would drive over there and help her and just, you know, things just kind of got, you know, in the way. So I kind of put it on the back burner. But that's really where the, the flower aspect of it started. Then... Um, when I was a senior in high school, I was on the prom decorating committee. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, uh, surprise. <laughs> and we had ordered um, flowers from a local florist just in bulk. And so I had used the flowers to decorate. And when I took the buckets back, or when somebody took the buckets back, it might have been the sponsor, uh, she was showing her the pictures. And the lady that owned the florist was like, oh, well, who did that? And, right. and she told her that, you know, it was me. And she was like, well, you know, if he wants a job. So anyway, I started working at 
a um, florist, not Athens florist, but I started working at a florist that was open at the time. And so that kind of became like a, you know, a little part-time job. It was, you know, obviously prom, you know, happens middle of your last semester. So it was towards the end of my senior year. Mm -hmm. And then I worked there that summer and I just kind of fell in love with it. Of course, learning it, you know, professionally was Mm -hmm. way different than, you know, doing it as a hobby or, you know, around the house or whatever. Um, But anyway, that's what sparked my interest in the floral industry. So then we'll pivot into the story of how Athens Florist became mine. Um, my mother was friends with Jennifer King. She had uh, inherited the florist from her father who passed away in 2012. He's the one that was the visionary behind Athens Florist for many, many years. He bought the florist in 1968 when it was still on Market Street over where Dobbs Shoe Shop was. Uh, Dubs Hamburgers was there. Um, but that's where he bought it. That was the original location. And he bought it in 1968. He moved it to the Clinton Street location, bought the building and remodeled it, added on in 1970. And then it's been there since. Um, he passed away. His daughter inherited it. She was friends with my mother. And so my mother called her up and said, you know, this is what Matt wants to do with his career. Would you be interested in selling, you know, the business to him? And she was like, you know, I've been looking, you know, my heart's not in it. It was dad's thing. I've just been trying to keep it, you know, going as mm-hmm. best I could. But I, you know, this is not what I want to do. I'm ready to retire and pass the baton. And the fact that she was ready for that when I was ready to grab the baton. Right. You know, <laughs> I'm ready. It, it, the Get way it, it worked me. out. And so it, it, you know, it took some time. I mean, you know, when it's been in the family for almost 50 mm-hmm. years at that point. So it took a little over a year for everything to be, you know, ready for it to be sold. And then it became mine. And the rest is, is kind it's of history. It really is. <laughs> it, it's a it's a blur because, you know, COVID hit yeah. a, a year after I, I bought the shop. Uh, actually, a little less than a year. It's about nine months after I bought the shop. But to have a business that's been around, you know, 50 plus years. I say that. I mean, Athens Floor started in 1930-something. Wow. So to have a business that the family yes. before me has had, you know, for 48 years... Is incredible sustainability. Let's it, talk well, about and that's that's the thing. That's the thing. You know, buying a business that has been around for a while, but looking at the things that need to change for the entity mm-hmm. to remain viable, mm-hmm. and the things that don't work anymore. You know, we just have to appreciate what it was for us then and say goodbye to it. You know, and COVID was a lot of that pivotal moment for me. I mean, it, when you have to change, you have to change. Yeah, because let, let's think about it. Since we're talking about. COVID that happened years ago, um, being in the florist industry, how did you have to pivot, right? Because there weren't any events. Like, how did you stay afloat during that time? Um, a lot of ingenuity. I mean, it took a lot, it took a lot, um, you know, of, of just persistence, um, reminding myself and my staff that this is not forever. Absolutely. This is a temporary thing. Um, you know, the first two weeks it was like, what are we going to do? Right. You know, cause you hear global pandemic right. and it's, and business closures and you know, it's like, uh, it's, it, you can't imagine it now. It's like, Oh, I could prepare for that. We can now, Yeah, we but can. until that then moment, could you couldn't. Absolutely. So, um, I was very lucky to be able to keep, my staff all on payroll and we worked switch schedules. I mean, cause it was to the point where it's like, okay, we have stuff we can still do. We right. could still run delivery service. Right. Of course we social distance, we'd leave it, we'd call, we'd do mm-hmm. whatever we could. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, unfortunately, you know, we still serviced yes. all the funeral homes yes. Yes. and, um, you know, that was a big part of our business then. Um, but you know, learning different ways to serve our customers. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
technology was vital and it still is vital. I mean, being able to send pictures of, of things that we had in inventory that otherwise, I mean, you know, you call the florist and you send flowers and, you know, that's that. But all the gift items and that end of it, plants, things like that, that they, you know, usually would come in to purchase, right. you know, being able to send pictures, being able to communicate that way was huge. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a huge part of our business now because we do have a lot of out-of-town yes. clientele that call to send to people locally. And so things like that were huge for us then. And um, even servicing our families that were out of town and were coming in and weren't going to be able to make it until right before the service and they needed to order flowers, being able to communicate by phone, but also, you know, by text, mm-hmm. sending pictures, that was huge for us. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, even now, it's like we, we're so accustomed. We pick up the phone. To be honest, Matthew, I never even think about I can explore us and go to the website. I know. It's just like, oh, I need a green plant. Uh, I need flowers. Uh, I want to spend about $100, $50. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we were all accustomed to yes. doing. I love that you have taken that opportunity and just built upon that to even, of course, even probably even grow your business even more. Yes, and that was a big thing, too, was, you know, redoing the website, making it yes. user-friendly, yes. Uh, bringing it, you know, to current day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I, I bought a whole new phone system. So if, if we ever had a time where we were, had been forced mm-hmm. to go home and we couldn't run operations from there, we could still run delivery. But if it, if it got to the point where, you know, there were too many staff at one time and we had to kind of split, I have a phone system now, you know, we can unplug a phone connected to any Wi-Fi network. I could be answering the phone for, I, anywhere around the world, you know? <laughs> and so it. things like that, going digital with our right. phone system was huge. Absolutely. Um, and two, it allowed us to, you know, have a, a digital attendant and answer the phone first. Mm-hmm. It tells people we have a website, so they might not even need to talk to somebody. Right. You know, things like that. Um, and just keeping everyone calm, I think, was a huge thing. Keeping all employees calm, doing the best we could to keep everyone safe. I mean, it was a challenge every day, and every day was different. And you just, you never knew what the next day would hold, and you just did the best you could that day. And I mean, you move forward and let that be the past, and you know you look forward. Mm-hmm. You, hope for a brighter day was yes. was a huge part Absolutely. of getting through Absolutely. something like that. Absolutely. And we um, we used that time as best we could. We rem- I remodeled the front of my store. I wouldn't have had months like that without mm-hmm. a showroom open that I could have done that. So you know we tried to make hay while the you know the sunshine sure. and you know do what we could. But it just you just change and, and you can either focus on the problem or you can focus on the solution. We know that you are a beast at creating. He is the most creative, artistic person that I've met. I have to say that, Matthew. You can do make magic with flowers. I've just never seen anything like it. But do you feel that kids that are in school, that are artistic, that don't really know where to channel that art, do you feel that Something like this as a career should be offered because I'm all into the arts, right? Both of my kids are, are artsy. Yeah. My one son is an artist, one son is a is in musical theater. And so for me, I look at if there hadn't been a place and a space for them to be able to continue to be creative, where would they have been? Yeah, absolutely. So do you feel that perhaps maybe some type of art like this, whether it's in the after-school program or something should be introduced to kids because we never want the profession to just become irrelevant. No, and that's a big part because that's where our industry was headed. 
pre-COVID. I mean, really, truly, if you talk to anybody in the industry before COVID, I mean, everyone was just kind of waiting for the ball to drop. And COVID did take out a, a lot of smaller shops that were kind of ready to go anyway. But our industry was referred to as a dying industry. It's no longer referred to as that anymore. But whether it's necessarily floral design, because it does take a good deal of patience. Of course, high school students, you know, that would be different. But this is why the arts are so important. Whether it's drawing or painting or theater or whatever, having somewhere to channel the creative outlet, whether that's what they want to do, right. having somewhere to channel their, you know, creativity, yes. that's what's important. Because, I, you know, I didn't do this in high school. I mean, I did towards the end, but that mm-hmm. was, you know, a whole separate. But in school, you know, the art curriculum classes, you know, were the classes that I was, you know, most right. interested in. So having somewhere for kids to channel their creativity mm-hmm gets them to a point where they could have a career in a creative field. And and there are more options now yeah. than, oh, than sure. when I was in school. I mean, I know that uh, Athens City Schools at the high school, they offer in their family and consumer science classes that covers, you know, a lot of ground. There is a, an element that is floral design. And so I do I do work with them on some of that. We're looking forward to the spring to, to be able to get in there and, and do, you know, a little demo. And exactly what that will entail, I don't know if they'll be doing something. I don't know if they'll just see me do something, talk about the industry, yeah. whatever it's going to be. But I am looking forward to that because you're right. You don't want this industry to die. And, no. and there are so many things about my business that each person is important. The person that designs the flowers is, is just as important as the person that takes the order, as the person that delivers the order, and everything in between. So even if, you know, if this interests you and you're like, well, I don't know a thing about flowers, I don't have creative bone, but, you know, there are places for you in the floral industry that don't necessarily mean you have to be back in the workroom designing the flowers. Right, because I would definitely not be <laughs> the flowers traffic. I'm so glad we have creative minds like you. So as we're, we're continuing to talk about the floral industry, are there things that the industry is looking at to change or just add on to? I think the biggest thing, I mean, we do live in the digital age mm-hmm. and, and getting your product in front of your customer's eyes, that's huge for your business, whether it's social media, whether it's through a web page, digital marketing, whatever it is, getting what you do, what you create in front of your customer's eyes is huge because a lot of our industry is well, who does the best work, but also who you think of when you need to send flowers. Who am I going to call? You know, having someone that's always on the top of your, your mind, mm-hmm. oh, when I need to send flowers, I need to call Athens Floors. That's a huge part of our business. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, they want a good product too, but they got to think about you before they yeah. can think about what your product is. Um, a big thing and a big change in our industry. Um, years ago, uh, order gatherers started popping up. Large wire services started popping up. And, and for years, being a part of a wire service, like, you know, I'm not going to name names, yeah. but being a part of a wire service that connected florist to florist was a revered status, you know, and it's no longer that way. And um, it's because it's taking the money from the customer, yes. taking the money from the small business that's actually filling the order, like and okay. it... It's not adding any value. It's not. And even and some of the wire services are decent. And, you know, I mean, everybody has to, to make a dollar. I mean, yeah. that's what everyone's for sure. in business for. Right. And, and some of the wire services provide services that are beneficial to the florists. 
But there are order gatherers that come in and they, you know, pop up ads. I mean, if you Google Athens Florist right now, I'm probably going to be the third thing that you see. Because there are these order gatherers that try to say, you know, try to play off like they're a local florist. Sponsor this. Sponsor. Ex- uh-huh. as I usually say, don't click on that. Exactly. Scroll exactly. down until I get to find a Athens local, florist. Find a local florist. Yes. I mean, because what they're going to do is sell you a product that they don't know whether it's going to look like that when it gets there. And then they're going to try calling a florist and give the order to them and... You know, they've taken your money and a service fee. Then they're going to take a cut off the top. And so you're not getting what you pay for. And so it's just, it's not beneficial for the florist. It's not beneficial for the customer. And I think, especially since COVID, the ones of us that are still standing are like, enough is enough. And so everyone is really trying to work together to push the call your local florist. Even so much as, you know, we don't wire out anymore as far as, you know, calling other florists and giving them a wire number and then go through the wire service. Just for the fact, not that we don't want to help our customers. We'll give you a name of a local florist all day long. We'll help you find it. If that doesn't work, then uh, we'll call the florist. We'll get you in contact with someone local and make sure it's local. But everyone participating in that lets some of these wire services and some of these order gatherers start, you know, fizzling out. And that's what needs to happen because... Our industry, you know, it's built on the small businesses. It's built on the, you know, the locally owned florists. And that's what it should circle back to. So being creative and having whatever it may be, an inspiration, I think what really intrigues me is you can say to you, I want to have a rodeo theme wedding What's your inspiration in that? Like, do you begin to sketch? And how long does it take somebody like you, Matthew, to take that idea to fruition? Some days it takes, you know, several days. Let me think on it for a little bit, especially when we have, when time's on our side, yeah. and then <laughs> l- let's let's use it. Let me think about you it. You hear that, brides and grooms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and even, you know, while I have other events going, I mean, we stay booked all the time, so you might come in on, on a Wednesday and, okay, let me think about it over the weekend. Then I go to an event this weekend and I'm mm-hmm. thinking, you know, that might work for this. Or while I was doing this, the idea, you know, popped into my mind about, you know, so-and-so. And the biggest thing is what are the needs of whoever I'm working for, whether it's a couple, whether it's a, a corporate event, whatever. What are their needs? You know, what what are the things that we need to accomplish as in, you know, if it's a wedding, obviously there's we need a, a ceremony space, we need a reception space. Then the next biggest thing is is where is this happening? Being familiar with the venue and we're blessed with lots of great venues mm-hmm. in North Alabama. Um, and, and having worked at most all of them, you know, I do have familiarity, but even going back and revisiting, meeting them at the venue is a great place to start because when you walk through a space, it's like, let's get a feel for the space. Let's think about it. And then from there, it's just, you know, give me a minute. Let me think about mm-hmm. it. Sometimes they come with their ideas. Sometimes they come with pictures. Sometimes they say, that's what I had. That's the idea. You yeah, run with you it. Run with and it, yeah. I don't have a preference for either. I okay. mean, you know, if I had to come up with all of it, it would be very stressful. If I had everyone always coming to me with, you know, A through Z already done, you know, it would take the creativity out of it. You know, I've got friends all across the United States that do event designing and, um, you know, staying in touch with them, seeing what they're doing. You know, just trying to stay ahead of the curve, staying Mm -hmm. on trend. Um, I've got great vendors that I work with closely in North Alabama. One does event design, and and their aspect of it is more like draping, lighting, things like that. And so being able to call her and say, okay, 
this is what I'm working with. Can you, what, what do you have in your building? What do you have that we could work with that, that might not even be floral related, but gives us a, a, you know, some kind of structure or gives us some kind of dimension that we need for the room and then let's go from there. So having, working closely with people, you know, having a good friend network of vendors is huge for our industry, especially whenever they say, this is what I want. You run with it. Right. Because I can't do it on my own. And there are certain things that my friend can do that add to a space that I could never accomplish, especially when you're working with, you know, nine hours at max to set up for something. Sometimes less than that. Sometimes as short as, you know, two or three hours. So you have to work and you have to work well with others to, you know, be able to accomplish what the customer wants. How many people are on your team to make all that magic happen? Six. Um, and I have some that, you know, come in, if I need extra help on the weekends when I have large events, I, you know, I have people that I can call, um, even family members, friends that, you know, have been around it enough and can do with the things that I need, not necessarily floral design, but can assist us and, you know, make a task that would take 45 minutes on our own, take 20 minutes. And when you're at, it it adds up quickly. Those hours on event day go by so quickly. (laughs) Um, and the biggest thing is staying organized. I mean, Mm -hmm. the only way that I pull off what Athens Florist does Mm -hmm. is staying organized, keeping everyone motivated, you know, and and being reasonable as to what we can get done, Mm -hmm. what each person can do, and, you know, not trying to push that boundary. Of course, we're always pushing the boundary on on what we can do and and trying to always do more and be the best. But, you know, there has to be some reasonable, rational Mm -hmm. thinking behind it or, you know, you let the customer down, you let yourself down, and, and it, it gets nobody anywhere. Right, right. And having six rock stars. Oh, say that again, Matthew. And having six rock stars. <laughs> I love it. So we have talked about inspiration. When you lose that, because we are all human, mm-hmm. right? We have good days, we have bad days. How do you reel yourself back in? How do you get back to that creative Matthew that we know? I think a lot of it comes from knowing what my limits are, um, knowing when enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially this time of the year, I spend a lot of nights at the shop decorating for Christmas. Uh, yes, he did. And I get to chime in on that. <laughs> Can you please share uh, one of the days that you had during Christmas open house? It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was busy. Open house started that Friday. I had gotten to work about... Four or five that Friday morning, had worked all day, had open house that night, uh, stayed overnight to take care of funerals, get wedding work done, um, never went home, actually pulled clothes out of never my car. Never went home, you all. <laughs> <laughs> and even, even usually when I, when I, put, I have to work overnight, I, you know, at least go home, shower, do it. It was, we had time Non-stop. to pull whatever was in my car. Yes. And we went with it. And so we set up that wedding that day. We had several funerals. We had a few parties we were doing flowers mm-hmm. for. Um, and then we got back and it was a open house was going on. So then we stayed for open house and then, you know, but having a goal and accomplishing it, I, I get a lot from a sense of accomplishment. Right. And so when there is a sense of accomplishment that keeps me going, that's a huge part of it. But like I said, just knowing when it's time for me to go home, when the creativity turns off mm-hmm. and things just don't seem to be going my way and I feel irritated. It's like, it's time to go home, okay. lay your head to the pillow and try again tomorrow. And so that's a big part, knowing my limits. But then, you know, being inspired by things around us. I mean, even as as simple as um, I'm good friends with Mary Box that owns the Willow Cottage downtown. 
What she and I do were totally different, but sometimes just going into her store, seeing her because she's a sweet and precious person and friend, um, and then seeing the beautiful things that are totally different from what I create, that inspires me. Um, Like I said, having friends across the United States that do what I do in different realms, some smaller, some larger, seeing what they create, that keeps me going It kind of goes back to what we talked about, floral design being in public education curriculum. Mm -hmm. Anything that's creative fosters creativity, whether it's to do with what you're doing or not. And so that kind of comes with this industry. You know, anything that's creative, um, that inspires me. Finding creativity and, and inspiration in even nature in the times of the year. I mean, because a lot of what I do is seasonal and, and a lot of the events are the color schemes mm-hmm. and the themes are based yes. on the season we're in. So I'm an avid runner and you know that. Yes. And so when sure. I'm out and about um, running, I look at the landscape. I look at the way things, you know, start dying within there's something here. Like this morning I was, when I was running, there was a tree that was, you know, all the leaves had fallen off, obviously, but then there was just a beautiful stretch of Jackson vine growing on it. And I was like, you know, wouldn't that be so beautiful to have a large arrangement and just, you know, mm. large sticks coming out of it, but then just a little bit of greenery growing up at like a vine. Finding, finding the inspiration. <laughs> I love that. Because there's inspiration yeah. around us. I mean, yeah. that that keeps me going. That keeps me creative. That keeps me motivated. And it's truly how I keep going. Right, right. So... I feel that our listeners out there that has a small business they're running, they have a personal life also. How do you balance it all? Because people would ask, you know, as a mother, like, how do you balance it all? You do this, you do that, you're here, they're there. And for you, I want to know how do you balance it all, Matthew, because you play hard and work hard. And I feel that you have to do that to be successful because once once the scale starts to tip, either you're playing too hard or you're working, working too, too hard, hard. Yeah. then something's going to, it's going to come to a clash, right? Yeah. So how does Matthew balance the personal and the professional? Having an understanding partner and family and friends is um, absolutely crucial because sometimes things can change Instantly. I mean, you know, you feel like, oh, I'm working and getting done. And then right before you close, the family comes in and needs funeral flowers for first thing in the morning. Okay, well, I'm going to have to stay and get them done. They've got to go out. That's right. And sometimes I like to run late. So I don't want to have to worry about getting up in the morning (laughs) and getting there to do it. Although sometimes I can. But I know the times that I can. I know the times that I'm like, let me just stay and get it done. Right. Having understanding friends, family is a huge part of that. But being a small business owner is 24-7. 24-7. And I don't say that as a bad thing at no. all. I just say that you're always on, but then there's moments where there are certain things that are off too because, mm-hmm. yes, I feel like at any minute my phone could ring or, I, you know, I could get a text or whatever. You just learn to fit it in. Yes. Um, you know, devoting enough time every single day to what you do, but then having moments where it's like, okay, I have to just, you know, disconnect. I might answer mm-hmm. a text or two, might answer an email. But it is 24-7, and that's just part of it. Right. And and just being able to jump from thing to thing to thing and just staying organized, yeah. that's a huge part of yeah. it. Um, keeping my calendar up to date and current um, is a huge part of it because I might just completely 
Yeah, like, was, I'm like, uh, it's like going to be about family. 10 minutes. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, need about yeah, 10 yeah, more yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, really staying organized, and that's not something I've always, I, I'm making myself sound like I'm organized. I have it all together. <laughs> Listen to me. Do you, Matthew Jimerson? No. But it's, it's not something I've always right. been good at. And there's still right. times where I'm like, well, we're going to learn from that. And, and I don't like for things not to go well. And, and 99% of the time when I'm working for a customer, they go great. But there are things in the background that mm-hmm. I see that I would have done differently. And it's nothing, I don't ever nitpick it at my staff because it comes back to me. Yeah. I'm the one that gives them the direction mm-hmm. and leads them. So I think, okay, next time, let's do it like this. And you learn from that mm-hmm. and you pivot when you need to. You have to be willing to adjust, and especially in this industry. But I think for all small business owners, being able to adjust, being flexible, having understanding people in your life, and you also have to love what you do. Right. And, you know, someone asked me recently, would well, you still love it? Because I'm, I'm right here at the five-year mark. And I looked at them in the face, and it was it was two weeks ago. You know what week I was having. It yes. was crazy busy. And I looked at them, Very and much. in all honesty, then, and I even now, too, about then and now, I love it more now than the day I purchased yeah, the shop, absolutely. than a year ago, three years ago. If you don't love what you do, and if, if you're not passionate about right. it, it's not worth doing. Right. I always say, Matthew, when I get up in the morning, I'm excited. You know, I'm happy. I'm ready to go to work. Exactly. Right? Um, because you have to have that passion because that resonates to your clients, your Absolutely. customers and all of I mean, it. And your staff. And your, exactly. And your staff. You can't. I mean, you know that. Oh, That, gosh, that trickles yeah. down for you. It I mean, does. your excitement trickles into everything the chamber does. Yeah. Thank you, Matthew. I mean, it does. Thank it's true. You. And that, it's the same for, for a small business owner, especially... If you have staff, and especially if you have to work as closely with your staff as you do, as I do. Oh, yeah. Um, You're there more than you are at home. You're you're at that business. And and that's another thing, having your staff become family. I mean, knowing what's important to them, knowing what they need, knowing your staff and becoming a family. You know, yes, it would be nice sometimes if I had 16 more hands, but at the same time, Having the ones that I do have and having them be, you know, rock stars at what they do. And taking good care of them, too. Exactly. Exactly. Taking care of them, knowing Mm -hmm. what they need. Having six like that is better than having 16 that you don't know. Right. And our communication, I can, my lead designer, I can look at her and she knows what, I mean, I can be on a ladder and I can look down at what. She already knows it. And she's like, gotcha. Or Mm -hmm. I'm like right there. And I mean, I'm pointing at a broad area and she knows exactly where I'm pointing. But that just comes with working close and caring for each other. It does. But for any business, not just this industry, for any business, you have to be passionate. And you have to know what you want to do. And you have to find something and be passionate and do it well. That's the biggest key. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, business knowledge that's needed for how to run a a business. Oh, for sure. if the foundation's not built on something that you're passionate about, it's never going to be what you want it to be. Right. I agree with that, and I hope you aspiring small business owners that are out there, um, I hope you all are, as I always say, um, grabbing a, some golden nuggets from Matthew as he talks um, the life and times of Matthew and Athens for us <laughs> and his team. As we uh, wrap it up, I want to talk a little bit about your long-term goals and aspirations for yourself and Athens Forest. You know, 
it changes because what I do now is not what I, you know, originally I was thinking, you know, daily delivery, that type of deal, servicing the funeral homes, go home and, and that be that. So I was thinking, oh, well, you know, I might open a, a little location here or a little location here. And that's totally changed. That's not at all what I want to do. And it's not because just because we stay busy so much and I think how well I manage that. It's because what we get to provide on the event side and the wedding side is so specific to me that I wouldn't want multiple locations to try to replicate that too. And so all the event work, we do get to reach out into these different areas that might not have service. I mean, you know, a vendor there to service them and the flowers. And so being able to provide that, but then still keep my physical location in downtown Athens. I mean, you know, it's my house is close by and that's a huge part of of what I do and get to do is because I'm close by, I'm always nearby. I love being in downtown Athens. Mm -hmm. If I need to run by the shop, I can. You know, everything being right there in the location is important to be able to get done what all we get done in Athens. But, I mean, you know, long term, I want events to keep growing. I would love to remodel parts of my building to better suit us, especially in the workroom and and, in the coolers in the back area. Because, I mean, we run at max capacity, you know, (laughs) (laughs) uh, in in space and, um, you know, cooler space, whatever it is. And we make it work. But... You know, long term, I want I want Athens Forest to be who your family members are talking about calling, you know, 30 years ago in, you know, another 30 years. You know, the other day, um, a friend of mine had posted on Facebook some plastic holly garland that they had pulled out. And they bought it at, there used to be a florist over where Dubs is now in that shopping center uh, called Dots. Uh, my friend had bought it at Dots, but it was so interesting to see the comments of uh, people saying, oh, I had that same garland I bought at Athens Forest in 1982. Oh, my goodness, I love And then it. someone said, you know, it, it was throughout, you know, oh, I got love dots, loved this. Oh, I had that from Athens Florist. Or I used to love, you know, going to Athens to shop at the different florists because, you know, Christmas was huge then, too. Oh, yeah. And then I saw someone post on there that they have a wreath that they bought from Athens Florist in the 80s that they still use. Oh, and it's just like those stories just, yeah. just, you know, they melt my heart because yes. it's like that's what I want to be. Yes. The biggest compliment that people could give me and have given me are that Athens Florist is as good as it was when Jim King had it. And especially the ones that have just really melted my heart are the ones that say they're as good as it was, if not, and, and even better, wow. you know. Wow. And that just means so much to me because he was so revered in our mm-hmm. town and he was so creative. And even though I did not know him personally, mm-hmm. From, you know, my mother knowing him and everyone else, the close friends that I had knowing him, them saying that it's as good as is such a compliment, but then to say it's better, that's what I want it to continue to be. I want it to be, if Facebook's even still around in 30 years, I want to hear about what they bought in 2023, because that'll seem so old. Yes, it will. (laughs) But being your local florist and servicing the needs of Limestone County, as well as North Alabama on a larger event scale continuing that and growing and doing more and being the best that we can be mm-hmm. is my goal. It is my motivation. Um, you know, thriving, always thriving, always looking at how we can be better, always looking if there's a need, let's fill it. Right. If we can, you know, if it's doable, let's fill it. And so that's my biggest motivation. I don't have a grand, you know, formal plan other than just Athens is my home. It is my heartbeat. And 
meeting the needs of our community and our customers and being a business that you can rely on and know that we're always just a phone call away. We're always just, you know, walking our front doors and we're going to be there. Being that consistently for years and years and years to come is my goal and it is my motivation. So maybe there's some expansion or something. It might be. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to say even because originally there was some property downtown that I wanted to purchase and, you know, I waffle back and forth, but I... It's so iconic. It that, is. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Matthew. it is. Because it is downtown. It's iconic. But having my own parking lot is great. I know. So having that space, but still getting to be a part of the downtown heartbeat. Yes. I, I can't think of somewhere better. Mr. King was smart. He knew what he wanted. He did. When he bought that service station and turned <laughs> it did. into the... He did. You know, so it would be hard to beat that. Yeah. Um, and I love how during the seasons... You change the storefront. Yeah. And just even decorate. I mean, it's just just pleasant to drive by every day. thank you. I always say this. I want it to be an inviting space because we get to do so many happy occasions. And we get to be a part of so many happy occasions. But there are the times where people come in and they're there for bereavement. And having a place that you walk in that doesn't just remind you of that might, you know, even crack a smile even though you're dealing with something that, you know, is full of grief. That's part of what I want to provide. And it is hard this time of the year because Christmas either brings out a sad memory yes. of the loved one that's passed or it, it brings back a happy one. But either way, still it being pleasant to be in, I mean, that's part of, you know, my goal yes, every it's season. It's very inviting. It always smells good. <laughs> it's got good music. And like you said, you know, you never know what the ask is going to be when a person walks exactly. through the door. So having an environment like that, we thank you for. We thank you for your amazing team. We thank you for being a, a small business in Athens, Limestone County. You're a young man. You could easily say, oh, I want to go here. I want to go there. I'm going to take my business here. But you don't. And we love that. A lot of people say that, and I've heard that a lot recently. Really, I don't Matthew? Know if, I don't know if they're worried that I'm coming up on this five-year mark, and they're like, well, he, you know, he's established, he's going to get going. Right. And I've heard it, I mean, it sounds, it feels like really? the last three weeks so many times, well, please don't leave us, or, Aww. you know, please don't leave us. And that's just not like, I don't have the desire. What I've built here in North Alabama and in Athens, I wouldn't want to leave. Mm-mm. And, you know, it just, it works. I mean, my life is here, and, yeah. you know... That's not on the horizon. Well, uh, that's not what I want. We love that. We love that you have made a footprint in this community, and not just a footprint. I mean, everyone in this community knows Athens, Florence. Mm-hmm. I'm at North Alabama, and um, we appreciate you for it. We appreciate you um, serving on a chamber board and as a vice chair. Um, and we just we, we thank you all the time, Matthew. You just don't even know. <laughs> um, Small business owners out there, aspiring small business owners, please stop by 101 South Beatty Street. That's where your Chamber of Commerce is located. I always say, yes, we are a membership organization, but we are here to serve our community. And if you are wanting to get more information about how to start a business or how to network with others to grow your business... Um, workforce and development, um, government, advocacy, all the above. Please contact us. 
I'm Pammy Jamar. I'm your Chamber of Commerce president. And Matthew, thank you again for joining us. Thank you. I hope you'll come back. Absolutely. Um, sometime next year and kind of give us an update on, Lord knows, what have you done next? <laughs> <laughs> There'll be something going on, that's <laughs> for course, sure. Of course, of course. And Matthew, again, is a small business owner and uh, vice chair of small business at the Chamber. So you all, thanks for tuning in. This again was our first podcast and I'm getting a little comfortable now and uh, I can't tell you who's going to be the next guest, but just be on the lookout. Um, Please visit our website at www.alcchamber.org. You all make it a great day on purpose. You've been listening to Mind Your Business, a podcast brought to you by the Athens-Limestone County Chamber of Commerce. Tune in next time for another episode featuring one of our local businesses here in Limestone County. Mind Your Business is part of our Library Voices podcast series and available on your favorite podcast platform.